Hello and welcome to episode 356 of the Football Index Club Daily Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, Kevin. How are you doing today? Doing well, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Um, I actually quite enjoyed seeing that scoreline today as well. Did you watch the Man United game yourself? I did, yeah. It was, uh, it was a nice change from some of the recent games, but um, they still still had a bit of a leaky defence and didn't look that solid at the back, but it was, it was definitely good to see him scoring six and McTominay, I thought, played really well. Yeah, he smashed it. Really nice goals from him. The first touch, I think, for the second goal was really well taken. Um, he just kind of managed to get it into his path and then finish it off very coolly. And, of course, that first goal was just a bit of a rocket into the bottom corner. So, fair play to him. I didn't actually watch the game. Do you think he played good all round or was it those goals that really made him stand out today? No, yeah, he was a, he dominated to be honest. Yeah, he he played really well all over. I I feel like he always plays pretty well though. Like last season, I think he got injured maybe at the end, but mm. I remember he was playing really well then, and he actually won PB I think once or maybe twice. Yeah, have you have you got any shares in him? I don't. At the time, I was thinking about it, um, and when they all dropped, I thought about it again. But there's like at this point, there's so many good player options. I'm just kind of focusing on the more premium ones. I mean. McTominay was obviously good value and he didn't win PB today. So maybe I'll look at him again, but mm. it says his dividend yield was 0% in the last 12 months. So he mustn't have won a, a PB, but I thought he did. Yeah. I'm not so sure if those dividend yields are correct. Are you looking at the app for that yield? Yeah. I just clicked on his name just to have a quick look. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure um, if they're hundred percent. I'll have a quick look for you on index edge while we're talking, but uh yeah, really good performance from him. But Bruno Fernandes, of course, has still managed to hit a higher score. Bruno's hit a 287 today, which, as usual, is a really high score. Obviously, got a, I think he got two goals and an assist as well today, did he? Yeah, and the game-winning goal as well. Yeah, I guess that's the main thing for him. Um, and on penalties, he's almost always going to... Well, I guess, I don't know. Like, Man United just get like a crazy amount of penalties, so... That's why he tends to hit higher scores than any of the other midfielders in that Man United side. I think he got one goal and an assist, didn't he? Oh, no, one he got goal. two. Yeah, he got two. Sorry. Two goals. Yeah, I'm just having a look at uh, McTominay, by the way. And yeah, over the last 12 months, he hasn't actually returned any dividends at all. Zero match day, zero media. So that is correct on the app. I'm going to have a look at the previous year now as well, just see if he has. He must have returned some the previous year, I would have thought. No, still still no dividends, so maybe not that great a dividend player. And he was 49p up until today, and now he's at 82p with an instant sell price of 67, uh, 67p. So, yeah, his price has just exploded. At one point today, his price was at 93p. So that kind of shows how people can get burnt if you do buy into the players, expecting them to earn match day dividends um, early on. So it's quite a risky game buying into players after they get a couple of goals. Yeah, um, it's quite a good day for me today, but not personally, because uh, a friend of mine who I helped with his portfolio, I recommended that he bought Anwar Al-Ghazi last year. He's got loads of players because it depends what day of the week he's deposited. And he's got 1,360 of Anwar Al-Ghazi and he's, top, he's winning star man today for 28p. So. Jeez, that's like over 300 quid, I think. Yeah. That's a quality return, yeah. Um, Al Ghazi does he does look a good player. I've actually like pretty much forgotten about him since Villa have been in the Prem, so I don't know what he's been up to the last 
this season and last season. But I remember watching him in the championship against Wednesday quite a few times. And he always stood out as a really tricky winger. Um, I remember him causing a nightmare for our defenders a few times at Hillsborough. So, yeah, he got a, I think he got a goal and an assist today and really high PB score. So up at like 50p as well. He got two goals. I don't know if he got an assist as well. Oh, was it two goals? Yeah, I might be thinking of Birch and Traore. I think Birch and Traore got a goal and an assist today um, because Traore assisted Algarzi's. Yeah, you might be right. But yeah, good good 3-0 win from Villa and he's a top midfielder today. So a little bit of a consolation there, at least, that um, Algarzi's won for your mates. But I think most people right now on Football Index will probably be hating Algarzi taking the dividends instead of Bruno Fernandes. You never know, there could be like a late to change, I suppose. That's the frustrating thing about Opta. It might leave a few people just wondering if there could be a little bit of a change in these PB scores later on this evening. Um, I think it's quite unlikely, but you know, when people have so many shares in Fernandez, there's always going to be a little bit of hope lingering around. Yeah, and my mate actually has, I think he's got 650 Fernandez or something like that, and then he has 1300 and odd. El Ghazi. So he was saying when they were when they were both battling at the top, he was like, just one more goal from El Ghazi. So <laughs> oh, that's class that. And um, yeah, Birch and Traore, top forward and then top defender today is Damien De Silva with a 240. Just a solid 3-0 win from Renz. And they were playing in a and um, they they were quite dominant. And then um he got the game-winning goal. So when you keep a clean sheet and get the game-winning goal as a centre back because they're passing so often, they almost always win match day dividends. But overall, it's quite low payouts for FI today with the silver at like 40p, El Ghazi 52p, Priori 50p. So it's not too an expensive match day today for Football Index and they would have earned quite a lot in commission with over £723,000 worth of shares. So that's good for Football Index as a business, I suppose. Um, but a few of their decisions this week haven't looked like they were making the best business decisions with like the extended deadline, uh, a lot of debate around that and the IPOs coming on the market, maybe looking like they need a little bit of money. What are you making to FI and all of their changes this week? I thought they were fine. I mean, I listened to your uh, post-trader panel podcast and I completely agree that I don't think there's any disadvantage to the 8 p.m. deadline. Mm. No, I don't. I feel like people think there is just because it's it's a change and people don't like change. But I don't think anyone can actually give me a reason why it disadvantages anybody. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we've just covered that so much this week. I'm glad to hear that you listened to the podcast, to be honest. And overall, it just does seem like a good thing. And I think now it's here, there's less complaints about it. Like over the weekend, no one's been sort of harmed by this um, 8pm deadline, other than maybe a few people who have bought into McTominay, but even he's he's looking set to earn media dividends at least, so there is some consolation there, and that's like part of the game, it just makes it more exciting to buy into these players during matches and watching the games um, throughout the whole day really, so yeah, I, I just think it's a, it's a good addition, I'm pleased to see it. Um, and it helps football index. It makes match days a little bit more exciting. IPOs coming on. I've kind of got my head around the IPOs now, as in I'm not too annoyed by it. It just looks like, yeah, they want to add more on. But I would say these ones are coming on at much higher prices. That's what I find a little bit weird is that they seem to be IPOing all these players, but they're coming on at very 
different prices. So like some players, some of these IPOs in the last few weeks have come on at prices that I think, yeah, that's like fair enough. 70p for Nico, Nico Williams, upcoming fullback at Liverpool. Yeah, it's not a bad price. Uh, but then we have like a couple of these today, well, coming on tomorrow, looking pretty expensive. Although they are good players, like don't get me wrong, like Jacob Ramsey, I don't know anything about him to be honest, but Jeremy Doku, he's got an assist today. He looks like he's an incredible talent, 18 years old at Rennes. Um, I think he signed this season. And then Flavian Verts as well at Bay Leverkusen. He's obviously been a, a standout player for Leverkusen this season, sort of breakthrough for him. But those guys are coming on at like £1.20 to £1.50. By the minute, like the players that you can buy for £1.20 to £1.50 is just absolutely mad. So why would you buy those guys? Like you could get like Gabriel Jesus, Christopher Nkunku, Odegaard. And those guys are like ATP to £1. And then in the sort of range that we're looking at here, you've got like, Ziek, um, Guerrero, Sane, Kingsley Coleman, um, Hazard, Diego Jota, Calvert Lewin, Quadrado. These are just like a few names I'm seeing. So it just seems weird that the IPO these plays at such high prices when there probably won't be that much demand for them, to be honest. Well, I, I don't I disagree. I think it's I think it's perfectly fine to the market at the minute is super undervalued. And at the end of the day, when they sell players they have to potentially pay dividends on them. So if they think this player is going to win some dividends, there's no reason they should lower the prices that they're willing to sell at to what people are willing to sell at. Like, I think, I think if anything, they should put them higher than that and base it on what they realistically expect the, the dividends to be. And if people want to buy them, they, they can buy them. If they don't want to, they don't have to. Mm. It's as long as they're available. That's the only thing is as long as these players are available on the market and if you really believe in a player, you can buy them. You just have to look at the price and make an analysis on whether or not you want them. I don't think they they, they have to be available at a good price, if you know what I mean. Mm. No, it's a very it's a very very uh, fair point. I like something that you've brought up plenty of times before is like the higher the price that they come onto the market, like the better for FI because they're going to be paying out less in dividends like longer term, and that's one of the problems at the moment is that you've got people who have bought the likes of Messi, Sancho, um, just whoever really at like. 10p or whatever price the IPO is at, it's like ridiculously, ridiculously low prices. And they've been bought up. So there's so many shares of those players in circulation because the IPO is so low. Um, and they're not like, they're not being bought back by Football Index. So they're just like hanging around. So that means that like Football Index are paying out massive amounts in dividends on some of the best players whenever they win dividends. So I definitely see why these players coming on at higher prices would be beneficial to Football Index. but still just yeah no, no I, I actually think I've I kind of agree with you to be honest um I think I definitely take your point I hadn't really thought about that before it just kind of seems like well what's the point in IPO in this player now if no one's going to buy him we may as well just wait until the auction style process is ready but maybe there, there is a reason that maybe this is the reason what you've just said is that they want to have a they want to have less shares of these players bought at really low prices, so they pay out less in dividends. So maybe that is the reason right now. Because I always thought, why not just wait until the auction style process um, and get a better price for them longer term? But maybe it doesn't matter whether they get a good price for them now or in six months. They just want to make sure they get a fair price, and if that means no one buys them now, then then fair enough. That's what, yeah, I think that's definitely the way for, and I think it's good that football index are not reinforcing these low prices and and kind of building into the problem by dropping their own expectations. Yeah, you know, we, we're that's talking. A really interesting point. I'm glad you brought this up. 
Yeah, we don't. We we talk often about the fact that it's just a you know a small percentage of the trading population who are lower in prices, and most people are aware that most players are worth a lot more than they're listed for right now. So if if, if football index also buy into that same low price, you know, theory, then it, it kind of undermines what we're saying, really. Yeah, no, you're totally right, um, and that is something that I've definitely picked up from football index, like. Don't get me wrong, I think they need to take responsibility for a lot of issues. I'm still not 100% sure about some of like how the platform works right now with like mechanism, but I don't want to get into it too much today. I've spoken about it quite a lot in the past. Um, but and I do think like Football Index still see the value here with the shares. And I think they probably blame, maybe blame traders more than they should. And they're maybe not taking that much responsibility for the drop in the market but I, I still believe that they have made so many bad decisions today i went on a hike with a couple of my friends and one of them has i think a thousand pounds in football index the other one has around ten thousand pounds and they've been on since like 2018 and what they were saying to me so we were just we were just talking about football index and like they were like yeah i don't know too much about it but this is how i feel about it and I thought it was really interesting to hear what they thought because, first of all, they're not like on Facebook or Twitter. Like they're not getting involved in the community. And I do think that we need to make this distinction between us traders who are like really involved and just like the average guy who's put some money in but doesn't really want to get overly involved in things. So seeing it from their perspective, I thought it was quite interesting. And what they were saying was that it just seems like things are just changing so often and too quickly. So They'll make like one update one week or one month and then they make another one like the month after and they just keep on making all these changes and it's kind of hard to keep up with it all and they'd rather than make one change and then change it again in six months and they also said that because like each thing that football index do whether it be um, a little change in mechanism or or like just whatever football index do at the moment because it receives like a generally negative response from the market and then they make another mistake and make another announcement or some comms that's not particularly positive and that's that, that like multiplies the uh, the negative impact that it has on traders and like it just just traders are just losing confidence every time they tweak something here and there um, so I just thought that was like a really good point to be fair but from traders who like actually are just looking at this maybe like logging into their portfolio once every few weeks or once a month or two all they're really seeing is like ah, this change has happened or, and it's, it's basically never really a good thing which is making them lose faith in bubble index as a whole yeah I think that is a bit of a problem but I think I think Mike Bowen's actually got it right when he says less comms and just more action almost. They should be updating the program and the software and changing the way things work and tweaking stuff, but they shouldn't make such a big deal out of it. If they just did it and just said, okay, we've changed this and didn't make it like it was a big announcement as if they were trying to fix something and, and re-engage mm. the market. I feel like they shouldn't be trying to react all the time to the whims of FI Twitter, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, and like that is something that I definitely learned today because I am obviously extremely involved in like football index as a whole. Like I literally I'm talking about it every single day on this podcast. Um, but like a lot of people won't be that involved. And so there's all these answers popping around on Twitter on how to fix things. And there's so many different answers as well. So it's like 
101 different things that football index could do to improve things but ultimately they just need to pick a few of those things fundamental issues focus on that and like really go in on those big issues rather than bring in all these different features that everyone's talking about all the time and i think because us guys in the football index community are so involved so passionate about this platform we all want it to succeed but you all want to help it succeed so that's why we're all contributing with these great ideas and i do this myself like all the time like i'm always throwing out these ideas but realistically if i'm setting my expectations up so high that they, they you know they possibly could actually implement all these ideas and then they don't it's only going to lead to more disappointment and less confidence but like my mates they're actually seeing it from the other end and thinking, no, just, you know, leave it for like a few months, let it settle and then we'll build again. And may maybe that is a another avenue for football index to take, to be honest. Yeah. And I think, I think at some point they've just got to wait and just say, listen, you know how the product works. You understand the mechanism for payouts. We've changed things. You may not like it, but this is the way it's going to be. If you want to keep carry on trading, then carry on trading. And if not, then leave. Mm. And eventually you'll be left with just people who want to stay and you know if the if the payouts or the prices say if the prices didn't change but football index keeps going i'm fine with that because it just means that yeah i've lost some money from my peak prices but i'm going to be making a hell of a lot more dividends because it's so easy right now with the dividends like i feel like i've doubled my dividends in the last six months yeah. versus the two and a half years before that so if it carries on the way it is, maybe in the short term, I'm going to be down. But if I keep putting more money in at these prices, then in the long term, I'm going to make money. So that's fine. But in reality, because there's so much negative sentiment right now, when that does turn, the prices are going to rise. That's the way I think someone put a post the other day about what bear markets are. But it is true. Like that's the way things happen in, in bear markets and bull markets is like everyone's super negative, everyone's selling. And then all of a sudden it changes and everyone's super positive and everyone's buying and it can fly up just as fast as it came down. Yeah, exactly. And that book like that we've both read and that we've spoken about quite a lot of times, like The Intelligent Investor uh, by Benjamin Graham, that literally has had me, it's just helped me be so much more prepared for this drop because it literally explains in there how normal the market, um, like this market right now kind of is in normal markets. Like I don't know much about trading, but in there it does talk about how like the sentiment shifts from like, I think, was it? um like overly optimistic to like exuberant pessimism or something along those lines like i think that might have been the quote um but yeah it's just so true like we had like massive confidence everyone's absolutely buzzing about football index and money's just going in left right and center uh, and like sancho's up for like 15 quid and whatever like everyone's just like unbelievably confident in the platform and for quite a while as well and now we've just kind of got the opposite so yeah maybe we take what 12 months of pain but the end outcome should be a better platform and one with lower prices which we can then build on and we kind of get back to that phase of growing again which i think we all want i just hope i do think whatever happens now though like a lot of um, people have lost trust in football index and it also means that we may not get a dividend increase anymore which we could have had if prices continue to rise but at these prices if you are a buyer it's only really a good thing to be honest yeah and we don't need a dividend increase right now so it's only if prices get better we'll get one so it'll be like a double win if it ever does happen but the other like the, the quote from that book that i think perfectly sums up what's happening right now is 
and it's obviously talking about the stock market, but he says in the short term, the market is a voting machine. And in the long term, it's a weighing machine, mm. which means that like the actual success of a player in the long term is going to dictate price. But right now it's popularity and pessimism in, in the market is dictating prices. But if you look at the stable prices that haven't moved that much, you got Messi, you got Ronaldo, you got Bruno. Like, fair enough, they've come down a little bit, but some players are down like 80%, and those players are down like 20% because yeah. they've, you know, they're proven and people know that they're going to be printing dividends. So they're not worried about putting the money in at the prices that they are now. Yeah, exactly. And I actually spoke about that, I think, on a recent podcast about how some of those players who have consistently earned dividends, like the very best players on the platform, who are likely to spend their price in dividends over the next few years, have. Um, stays at, at like fairly high prices. Um, they've not really dropped much from their from their peaks, to be honest. Like Messi, I think he was at seven pounds, um, and now he's at like five pounds. So it's not the biggest drop. And like that peak was kind of a temporary one when he was linked to Man City. Anyway, like his average price over the twelve months isn't so different to what it is now. But I did find it very interesting actually having a look at average 12 month prices compared to what we have now on index edge just using the spreadsheet the other day and like there's so many players now who are down over 100 percent in price from the average and i do think that's something that is worth maybe having a look at because i think peak price um yeah peak price you can have like temporary peaks when a player gains transfer links but some of the actual dividend earners who are down like I'll give you a few examples. So, I don't know. Trent's down like around 70% from his average 12 month. Madison's down 65%. Sancho's down 65%. Gnabry's down 62%. And some of these guys are going to be returning huge amounts in dividends, I would imagine, to be honest. Um, there's say as well, though, I could talk about. From, with the exception of Gnabry, I'd say those players that you listed are all were players that I thought were over overpriced anyway and didn't justify the prices mm. they had. Yeah, a few of them maybe. Um, I wasn't 100% sure on like Trent's price and a lot of those players' prices were kind of built up on the expectation of them massively improving, especially like Sancho and Madison, like a transfer. Uh, Trent's price was just built up on his PB and obviously Robertson's a bit better now. Exactly. So it's like the price hasn't fallen because the market's collapsed. The price has mm. fallen because they're not doing what the people thought they were going to do. Yeah, I, th I think I do agree with that. Um, but then there's some players who haven't really even had the chance to like do what they, they could be doing. Um, you know, players who are just maybe settling it aside. Like I think I spoke about them quite a few times lately, but the likes of like Odegaard or Havertz, like we're only three or four months into the season and they're at better teams now attacking midfielders like around one pound I just I just do think that they are great value to be honest and unlike those these players are so I guess it will just be a case of being patient but yeah you just don't know what's going to happen really over the next six months I do think that the markets will pick up probably around March April time that is still my prediction as I've been saying but I may be wrong yeah, I think you probably got a decent time frame there. And then obviously January transfer window might help. COVID, if the vaccine is successfully implemented by then. Mm. Yeah, I think I do think it's just going to be, as long as people are worried, it's going to be low prices and people wanting to leave. That's fine. But as long as 
the platform stays around, it's going to eventually turn. Like people are not going to forever be afraid that the platform's going to disappear. You know, three years from now, people are not still going to be worried that FI don't have any money and they're going to go bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. And there's going to come a time when you start having new people join the app and actually enjoy it and start to put more money in as well. Because we've not had any new traders for a long while, it doesn't seem. So it's just like everyone who's on foot, like at the moment, there's just like so many more people who want out of football index than who are new coming in who who want to you know buy players so that's part of the the problem really um alongside all of the other issues with lack of confidence and the mechanisms and there's there's a plethora of problems but uh ultimately you would imagine that it comes to a point where either bottoms out completely or football index do something massive but i think i'd rather just wait for it to bottom out now then have my hopes up on football index doing something huge um because i don't know i feel like we can't 100 percent rely on fi anymore to to really <laughs> implement things that are going to improve the platform at least not not for a few months anyway in my opinion yeah i don't i don't think they need to do that i think i honestly think they could just leave it now and keep trying to implement their changes that are better for the platform like I don't think they've really done anything that's a negative doing a cash drop. I don't think it's a negative people are negative about it just because they want yeah. them to do something like dramatic. That's going to turn things around. But I think they should just keep running the platform the way they were before a cash drops, a good little Christmas promotion. Like it doesn't have to fix the whole thing to, to be good. Yeah, definitely. And like just kind of taking a step back and thinking, right, we'll see how it is in March. I think that's such a healthy thing to do nowadays. Like, I know that I've definitely got attached to prices when they're really low and had a few bad weeks. Like we spoke about it afterwards and I've been down and you've been talking me through a few things. And that, I think that's normal and that's okay. But I would like to think I'm over that stage now. And I'm just thinking, all right, we'll see what happens. If it gets better, it gets better. If it gets worse, then, you know, you're just going to have to face it and, and see what we can do. Um, but yeah, I think we'll probably wrap up there, to be honest, if that's all right with you, mate. Yeah, that's fine. Awesome. Yeah. Cheers for coming on. Any sort of final words for any traders out there listening? I guess the only thing, the one thing I was going to say just at the end there that I want to get off my chest is like, I feel like if you look through the lens of FI is broken, if that's where you're coming from, FI is broken and needs fixing, then everything they do is going to seem to not be enough. Whereas if you just look at it and think, well, actually it's fine, but people are just selling the players too cheap right now and it's going to change. Then all these little things they do to change are actually positives. So it's more of a mindset thing, really. Um, how you react to it is more about how you perceive in the situation. So basically, what I'm not sure about is whether the market is broken, whether the mechanism needs to be fixed because there's this downward pressure on prices due to us not finding an equilibrium between the supply and demand because we don't have the function to place multiple bids with the same cash balance until that balance is leaving. And then everyone's competing as well to sell players um, with like quite a low uh, volume weighted average price. So I don't know whether the mechanism is broken or not. So the question that I ask myself is if like sentiment did shift, would prices go back up? And of course they would. But then the counter to that is, is that even possible with the current mechanism? And this is what a lot of people are arguing about. Uh, to be honest, I can't say I fully know the answer to that. I think overall I've been saying that I do think the mechanism is is kind of broken, that there are problems that need to be fixed out there. Uh, but I couldn't say I'm the biggest 
advocate out there for these changes because I do sort of agree with you as well that if the sentiment did turn, then prices would return to sort of what they were like before as well. And I don't, they don't have to be what they were before. I think they will eventually get above what they were before, but for that to happen, there has to be new territories. And, you know, it's all about how much money in the market is how high the prices are. It's in demand and supply, obviously. Um, FI have to be clever with the supply of shares and not issuing too many and letting prices rise before they start issuing more. Um, and I do think they should be taking shares out of the market when prices get too low. I think that should be part of their remit to manage the platform. If they're going to issue them, they need to take them out of circulation again. Cause that's what I think the big problem with footstock is, is they're selling more and more packs. So every day there's a, an increase in the circulation of each player. Mm. So the play, the prices are just dwindling and going down and down and down and they will, cause it makes sense. There's no, li there's no limited supply if they can just keep putting more in. Cause imagine if the price of Sancho goes up to 30 pound and they just issue more and more shares to, you know, when, as it gets higher and then there's another crash, there's going to be a huge amount of shares again that people are trying to get rid of. So the price is going to go even lower. So I think they do need to start taking shares out when they did, when they reach a low price that makes sense for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they'd just be great for them financially in so many ways, because then they're probably going to sell those shares back when sentiment returns, which is only going to be a good thing for them. And what's good for football index, in my opinion, is often good for us users as well, because we want growth, we want dividends to increase eventually. Like that was one of the main reasons why I do think a lot of the players' prices got to what they were, because people saw the potential growth in football index as a platform and the potential for dividends to increase. Yeah, we don't need a dividend increase now because prices are insane, so it just wouldn't really make any sense and it wouldn't even change the sentiment. I don't think users even care about that right now. Um, but we do we do want that like that vision for the growth of football index and that's another big problem right now is that everyone's so focused on just trying to get by with their portfolios and avoid losing money people's minds aren't even on their potential to actually make money on football index right now so yeah that, that's another huge problem and i guess that kind of ties back to your point about your perception and your mindset on football index right now like my mindset is uh, I wish I had more money to put in because I really see like a great opportunity here to make more money in six months time. But it seems like a lot of traders are looking at uh, the port, uh, my portfolio could drop another 20%. Let me sell now and I'll buy back in a few weeks or months once the prices are even lower. Yeah. And I think you just, a lot of it's going to be about moving money right now into players mm. that suit the new system and the new, like, cause cap app is not really a viable strategy anymore because we don't know what's going to happen. I do think eventually it will start going up again, but you can't guarantee it. So you may as well trade what's in front of you and just rely on dividend returns. So if I had players that I was hoping for cap app on now, if I see an option to get out, I'm going to probably try and move it into another player who's likely to return me a lot of dividends instead. Yeah, but if that player is likely to earn you a lot in dividends, eventually once the platform recovers, you're going to get a lot of capital appreciation as well. Yeah, but don't trade for it is my, like, I, you can if you want, but you have to accept that you don't, there's no guarantee that it's ever going to change. No one knows what the future is. I do think it's likely. And that's the reason why I still have some cap up players in my portfolio, but I'm definitely looking for opportunities to sell out of certain players and put it into more reliable dividend earners like Pogba, for example, when you look at his yield in the last year, it's about 80% of his current price. 
And I would say that this year potentially is going to be a bigger year than the last year because there wasn't as much conversation around his transfer in the last year as there was the year before. Yeah. So what you're saying is you're focusing more on dividend yields than the potential of growth in that player. Yeah, with it, and then I think if the market does start growing, then those players are going to grow as well. Like Pogba's three-year return is way more than his current price. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, lot more. It's it's crazy, really. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we will wrap it up there. Um, thanks for coming on. I do appreciate it as always, Kevin. I really do value your time. So thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for listening to everyone who's listened to today's podcast, and I do hope you have a great rest of your day.